0: Can I ask you to quickly turn in your Bibles to the book of Lamentations. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, if that'll help you find it. Lamentations chapter three, if you'll turn there very quickly. And as soon as you find Lamentations chapter three, I'm gonna ask you to hold that place in your Bible. And we're gonna go to Ecclesiastes chapter three. Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, and then the book of Ecclesiastes. If you'll find Lamentations 3 and hold that with your finger or a piece of paper or something, and then go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We'll begin Ecclesiastes chapter 3 in just a moment, and then we'll use uh, Lamentations chapter 3 a little bit later. When the young man Daniel was in the city of Babylon, he was there as a uh, captive slave, The king, Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream and was bothered by it, and he couldn't find anybody to interpret it. And God used Daniel to interpret the dream, so Nebuchadnezzar took Daniel and made him number two in the kingdom, put him in charge of the entire kingdom underneath Nebuchadnezzar. Many years later, there was another king by the name of Belshazzar. Belshazzar was having a drunken feast, They were mocking God. They got the uh, golden vessels, the cups that were sanctified for the temple, and they, they were using them to drink wine and so forth. And during that feast, a man's hand, or at least the fingers of a man's hand, appeared in the room and began to write on the wall. Belshazzar was so upset by seeing that that the Bible said his knees began to knock. And so the queen came in to... Try to calm him down some, and she said, I know that there's a man here in the kingdom by the name of Daniel who can interpret dreams. Maybe he could interpret what's being written there on the wall for you. So Belshazzar called in Daniel, and Belshazzar said to Daniel, I have heard of thee that thou canst make interpretations and, notice this phrase, dissolve doubts. Belshazzar said to Daniel, I understand you can dissolve doubts. That's exactly what America needs tonight. We need every father in America to dissolve the doubts of his family, every husband to dissolve the doubts of his wife, every mother to dissolve the doubts of her children. It's what our news media should be doing, is dissolving the doubts of our people uh, but uh, in my opinion, and of course everybody's entitled their own opinion, but in my opinion that's what exactly what President Trump has tried to do many times in this last year or so is to dissolve our doubts. A few years ago I was talking to one of my adult daughters and we were discussing a certain issue and as I explained the issue to her I could tell she was uh, relaxing and it, it was cal- it calmed her down. And when I finished, she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, but daddy, the problem is this. Every time a new issue comes up, my daddy's not here when I come home at night to calm my fears. What I hope to do tonight is to teach you something that Brother Hiles taught me, taught some of us, uh, many, many years ago that has calmed my fears many, many times through the years. I don't remember the title of his sermon. I don't remember what text he used. Uh, I I certainly wouldn't try to preach one of his sermons. That would would certainly be a disaster. But I want to try to teach you something tonight that he taught us many years ago, remind you of something tonight that he taught us many years ago that has calmed my fears many, many times. If you would, look in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'm going to begin with verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Now if you'll go back a page or two to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and I want to look at verse 9. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. Or what that phrase is saying is, the thing that hath been is the thing which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. This verse is telling us that what happened yesterday is going to happen tomorrow. Sun came up in the east, said in the west yesterday, sun's going to come up in the east and Set in the west tomorrow. What happened last week is going to happen next week. What happened last month is going to happen next month. It rained some last month. It's going to rain some next month. What happened last year it's going to happen next year. It snowed some last year. It's going to snow some next year. What happened in the last decade is going to happen in the next decade. Mark my word, you take uh, today's date and you count back 10 years and you add up the number of hurricanes we've had here in America in the last 10 years and mark today's date and begin keeping records and count the number of hurricanes that we have in America in the next 10 years and it'll be a very similar number to the number that we've had in the last decade. Uh, What happened in the last century is going to happen in the next century. You know the same percentage of people that died in the last uh, the same percentage of the population that died in the last century is going to die in the next century. <laughs> now the news media they'll try to tell you that the most the, 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 the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind happened today while you had your television off for a few hours. <laughs> you know they'll try to convince you that America is going to be destroyed if not tonight, it'll happen by tomorrow. <laughs> You know, I remember one lady said recently, one gal I guess you'd say, said recently uh, that that we've only got 12 years left. You know, if we don't put her in charge and do everything she says the way she says to do it, the whole world's going to, the whole earth's going to be destroyed within the next 12 years. Sounds kind of like a Batman cartoon, doesn't it? You know, if we don't stop them, the bad guys are going to destroy the world. But God said in Genesis, you don't know, need to turn there, but God said in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. You know, some would have us believe that it's finally gotten so bad, especially here in America, that you can no longer be used of God to have, uh, 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 have influence for good and, and, uh, and for, and for right. But you know, Uh, I believe 12 years from now, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, the sun will still rise in the east, it will still set in the west, it will still rain a little bit every month, it will still snow a little bit every year, the geese will still fly south in the fall and come back north in the spring, water will still run downhill, we'll all still be breathing oxygen, most men will still like women, most women will still like men, uh, uh, women will still be giving birth to cute little babies, and grandparents will still be loving their children. You know, if they got it this wrong, okay, have you ever had an open book test? Don't you just love it when they give you an open book test and the answer is right there in the book? And and the answer is right here in this book. All you got to do is do a little bit of math and the book tells you that the earth is about 6,000 years old. But how many times have we heard them refer to the Earth being millions and millions, and now they, they, they've worn that out, and so now it's billions and billions. look if they get it, if they got the answer that wrong with the, with the answer right here in the book, how do you think they're going to narrow it down to 12 years that we've got left <laughs> before the Earth is going to be ruined? Yeah the world and America has its problems tonight. I don't, I don't uh, take anything away from that. It, it does. It's obvious. We all know it does. But you know, the world had its problems back when uh, God came down to Babel and confused their languages. But from that day to this, day and night has not ceased, and the thing that hath been is that which shall be. Yes, the world and even America has its problems tonight, but so did Sodom and Gomorrah when God had to destroy them. But from that day to this, day and night has not ceased, and the thing that hath been is that which shall be. Yes, the world and America has its problems tonight, but so did the children of Israel when they refused to go into the promised land and God caused them to wander for 40 years. But you know, during those 40 years and since those 40 years till now, a day and night has not ceased and uh, that which hath been is that which shall be. You know, they'll try to get you to believe that no longer are you able to rear a, a, a godly family here in America. No longer are you able to build a bus route or build a Sunday school class or see a teenager's life change for God or build a strong marriage or get a visitor to come to church or win a soul or have a convert baptized. But I promise you that the same God that has always done those things 12 years from now, he'll still be doing those same things if Jesus doesn't come back. Yes, the world has its problems, and so does America. Uh, but so did the nation of Israel when God had to send them into captivity for 70 years. You remember what God said to the children of Israel as they were going into, or while they were in captivity? He sent the prophet Jeremiah to tell them, "Build ye houses and dwell in them." That sounds like long-term plans to me. He said, "Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them." That sounds like Long-term plans to me. He said, take ye wives and beget ye sons and daughters. That's long-term plans. He said, take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands. And he said, seek for the peace of the city and pray unto the Lord for it, because in the peace thereof, the peace of the city, then you will have peace. What was he telling them? He was telling them that even though you're in captivity right now, you should carry on with the routine of life. What should you and I do today here in America with all the circumstances that uh, we are dealing with in America today? We should go about the routine of life while we pray for the peace of our nation. Yesterday... What happened yesterday will happen tomorrow. What happened last year will happen next year. What happened last century will happen next century. Don't let them tell you that you missed your chance. <laughs> Don't let them tell you that God's no longer doing what He has done in the past. You know, while the children of Israel were in captivity, there were a few, the remnant that was left there in the city of Jerusalem. And they were living in the rubble. They didn't even have houses to build to live in. They had all been burned. The city was abandoned big pile of rubble and they were living underneath the rubble of the wall and so forth. And during that time, Jeremiah went out into the city and uh, turn, if you would, to Lamentation chapter three. And I want to show you what Jeremiah said there in the city of Jerusalem while it was just a big pile of rubble. He said in Lamentations chapter 3, he was walking around the city, and he wrote these words, verse 21, uh, 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 Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, Jeremiah says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I am nervous, I am anxious, I am under stress, I don't know what to do, uh, I, I, I can't figure out what to do. No, he said, uh, looking at the rubble of the city, he said, uh, while I look at this rubble, I have hope. It is of God's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Can I remind you why America has not been consumed yet. It's not because I'm better than you. It's not because you're better than somebody else. It's not because we're better than them. It's not because there's more of us than there are of them. It's because of God's mercies. And look at what it says in verse uh, 23. They, what? God's mercies, God's compassions, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in the Republican Party. I will hope in the president of my choice. I will hope in the next election, (laughs) No, that's not what it says, does it? It says, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to to the soul that seeketh him. It It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but that is exactly the opposite of what I want to do. <laughs> I want to tell everybody how I feel. <laughs> I want to tell everybody what I think. I want to tell everybody that if you'll just listen to me and do it my way, we could resolve all this. But God says, wait. Amen. And quietly hope. Just quietly. Day and night shall not cease. The thing that hath been is that which shall be. Yes, uh, America has her has problems tonight. I, I, I understand that. But do you really want to go back to what we call the good old days in America? You want to go way back to the really good old days when uh, maybe the 400 years that the entire world was uh, 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 affected by the, the leprosy of, of slavery, and even America was affected by that. I, I don't know which is worse, the slavery we had back then or the abortion we have now. I, I, I'm not making a point. I'm not saying, I, I'm, I'm admitting. I don't know which is worse. Uh, but do you want to go back to those good old days? Oh, okay, maybe we could go back to the good old days in America when our Vice President Aaron Burr shot and killed the secretary of the treasury uh, alexander hamilton in a uh, in, in, in a duel or maybe we could go back to the good old days in america like it was during my childhood you know i remember the morning i was sitting in class in the third grade and the teacher came into the, the teacher got up in front of the classroom and said boys and girls get your books together we're going home early today i remember it was november 1963 I remember looking outside the window when the buses were lined up out there. I hadn't even noticed that they had pulled in. And uh, she said, get your books together. We're all going to go out and get on the buses. We're going home early today. And boy, was I excited. We were going home early. It was about 11 o'clock, and, and I was going to get to go home early. And we got on the bus, and I sat down on the, uh, on the seat uh, right on the aisle. And across the, now I was just a little third-grade kid. I didn't know what was going on, but there was a big boy across the aisle. He was in the fourth grade. His name was Chuck Mazik, and he knew what was going on, and he explained it to me. He said, hey, Ray, you know why they're sending us home early? And I said, no, and I didn't care why they were sending us home early. We were just going home early. That's all I want. He said, they're sending us home early because they killed our president this morning, and the Russians are coming. And he said, they're trying to get us home before the Russians get here. And I cried all the way home. (laughs) I could just see three or four big Russian soldiers at my front door trying to break in when I got there. Or maybe you want to go back to the good old days uh, back in 1966 when a a man murdered his wife and mother-in-law one night and the next morning climbed to the uh, top of the uh, 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 clock tower on the uh, University of Texas uh, Austin campus and with a high-powered rifle killed uh, 15 people before they could stop him. Or maybe the good old days back in, I remember 1968, when Martin Luther King was assassinated. And riots broke out all across America. And, 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 you know, it wasn't just a, a, a little, you, you, you know, they burned a p- police precinct and a couple of cars. No, I mean, they burned down 20, 30, 40 square block X sections of major cities all across America. Uh, you know, recently we had some riot, so-called riots here in America. They were really paid-for demonstrations. But, but, uh, uh, but, but, but uh, you know, I think there was 20-something cities affected by it. There was over 100 cities affected by it back in 1968. I remember sitting at the supper table one night with my parents eating supper, watching the news, and on live national news, they had a helicopter hovered above an intersection in Los Angeles, and a group of men pulled a man out of, their, out of his car at a red light and beat him to death there on the street. That happened over 40 times. I remember the, day, the next day my dad came home from work. And he set my brother and me down in the living room. I remember sitting on the couch, my dad sitting on the coffee table in front of us, and my dad was not a hothead. But in fact, Brother Howells met my dad several times, and he told me one time, Ray, I think your father's the meekest man I ever met. And, and to Brother Howells, meekness wasn't weakness. Uh, meekness is controlled strength. And he said, brother, he said, Ray, I think your dad's the meekest man I ever met. My dad was not a hothead, but I remember my dad setting my brother and me down. I was twelve years of age. My brother was sixteen. My dad said, Boys, this afternoon when I left the job site, he was a carpenter. They were he and one other carpenter were working together on a house. And as they started to drive out of the neighborhood, a new neighborhood and hardly anybody living there, at the edge of the neighborhood, he said there were about 40 adult men that had barricaded the street. They had tie irons and pipes and uh, ball bats and bricks. And he said uh, they were waiting for us. They were trying to stop our vehicles, and, 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 uh, and, and they wouldn't let us drive through. He said, so we did stop. And uh, he said, I happened to have my pump shotgun behind the seat of the truck. The other man happened to have his thirty out 6 behind the seat of his truck. He said, we both opened our, car, our truck doors and rolled the windows down, loaded our guns, and the crowd he scattered. He said, when I got home tonight, I found out that a similar group of men came to our neighbor's house today, the Lawlers. And uh, they knew that Mr. Lawler was one of the politicians in the area, and he was off at work. And they surrounded the house and tried to break in and bother Mrs. Lawler. And the sheriffs had to come and chase them away. And he made this statement. I was 12 years of age. He said, boys, I can't stay home from work tomorrow. I have to go to work. He said, You know where the guns are. I was 12 years old. I heard my father calmly make this statement Boys, if they try to bother your mother, a dead man cannot shoot back and he can't testify in court. Don't shoot them in the legs. I was 12 years of age. You want to go back to the good old days, maybe 1969, when 400,000, almost a half a million teenagers and young so-called adults showed up in a man's uh, cow pasture in New York State in a place called Woodstock and had four days and nights of, of rock music and drugs and open nudity and open sex like animals. How about go back to the good old days of America in the 1970s? You remember John Wayne Gacy, 33 victims buried in his uh, his basement. Or Jim Jones that took over 1,000 people down to South America and talked over 900 of them into drinking the the Kool-Aid. You remember that, and they all died. Yes, America has had its problems, and she does tonight, but so has Germany And so has China and Japan and France and Iran and Mexico and Africa and Russia and North Korea. But in spite of all those problems, day and night has not ceased. And the thing that hath been is that which shall be. You know, it was during those same 1960s and 70s that my mother took a little gospel track and, 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 and was the first one who ever told me the gospel, set me on the bed in my, in my bedroom on a Sunday afternoon and read the gospel track to me. You know, it was during those same 1960s and 70s, in fact, 1970, that a bus captain came to my house and invited me to church. And the first time I went to church, I got saved. The second time I went, I was baptized. And the third time I went, I was called to preach. You know, it was during those same 1960s and 70s, early 70s, when uh, uh, I, I was uh, I became a bus captain at the age of 15, and went on staff at a church at the age of 15, and then at the age of 18 came here to go to Howells Anderson College, and, and on the staff of First Baptist Church, and then later at the college. You know, it was during those 60s and 70s that I just got through describing that many of you remember that uh, God used people like Wally Beebe to travel across America and start Bus Ministries, and Jim Vineyard, and Wendell Evans, and Russell Anderson, and Jack Hiles, and many, many other great men to build great churches. And and much of what we have here tonight and today, and and much of what we have in our nation, and much of the influence that, that we've seen around the world, it all started in those 1960s and 1970s. I believe that 12 years from tonight, if Jesus hasn't come back, that God will still be revealing Himself through His Word. I believe that 12 years from tonight, if Jesus hasn't come back, that God will still be using the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. He'll still be using His Holy Spirit to comfort you and me. He'll still be, He'll still be uh, using you and me to win folks to Christ. You know, in the last couple of years I've had the privilege of going door to door soul winning with pastors, uh many of them are graduates in uh, in the in the uh places like Texas, uh Massachusetts, West Virginia, Connecticut, Arizona, North Carolina, uh, uh uh Nebraska, Montana, California, Michigan, Indiana, Mississippi, not to mention Thailand, the Philippines and Honduras, and in all of those places God is still saving people. And 12 years from today, God will still be saving people. Don't let them cause you to doubt. Don't let them get your spirit. If they get your spirit, then they can control you, and that's exactly what they want to do. Remember that it was while Nebuchadnezzar, the wicked king Nebuchadnezzar, was king that God used Daniel. Remember that it was while Ahasuerus, the wicked king Ahasuerus that rounded up all the virgins and auditioned each one of them to figure out who his next wife was going to be that God used Esther. Remember it was under the Pharaohs that God used Joseph in Moses. Remember it was while uh, uh, Jezebel was in charge that God used Elijah. We may have a Jezebel in charge here someday. Who knows? But but, uh, uh, it was while uh, Caesar ruled the world from Rome that God used Paul, and while Herod was the king, God used Peter and John and the other apostles, and the thing that hath been is that which shall be.